If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hi, Erica D. Welcome. I'm so excited you were here. Looking forward to our conversation. Uh, can we start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you and what do you do? Yeah. So first off, thank you for having me. I love to talk about burnout and just share, share my own story and experience. So thanks for having me on here. I am a family nurse practitioner and the creator of the Burned Out Nurse Practitioner. Um, if you want me to, I can kind of get into my own burnout story and kind of why I started that. Sure. Well, tell us about your your journey of becoming a nurse practitioner. How, how did you determine to go from nurse to nurse practitioner? And I know in your story, you were burnt out when you were a registered nurse, not mm -hmm. an advanced practice nurse. So yeah, all that can feed right into it. Yeah. So I first declared nursing like in high school um, and it was my ultimate goal to become um, a nurse practitioner. I just wanted, you know, more of that um, ability to, to care for patients and to really make a difference in their lives. And so I started out um, in nursing, started out on med surge, um, did a few different kind of floor types um, experiences. And it was as a registered nurse on a busy acute care floor that I became burned out. And I had several different, you know, causes of that burnout, but, you know, really my symptoms um, were just complete mental, physical, emotional exhaustion. I was not showing up for myself or for my family. I was just dreaded going to work every day, you know, just really lacked that compassion. And, you know, I, I just, I just didn't care, you know, that lack of empathy. So I didn't even know that I was burned out until I read an article. It was actually over a lunch break and there was an article sitting on the table about compassion fatigue. Mm. And so I picked it up and started reading it and check marked like every single box. <laughs> and so then that's when I realized, you know, exactly how burned out I was. And over time, um, I was able to overcome that burnout. And then I realized, you know, just how many, um, in the meantime, I, I did go back to get my master's um, in nursing and became a family nurse practitioner. And then I realized, you know, how many nurse practitioners were struggling with burnout. Um, I was able to, and so far, you know, prevent burnout as a nurse practitioner. And I think it's because I had built, you know, a lot of the, those things um, previously as an RN and then um, just kind of being aware of some of the causes of burnout for nurse practitioners as well. 
Yeah, you said a lot of great things there. Uh, first, I want to say that you noticed you were burnt out and you were still working. So you even put your license on the line, essentially. You know, burnout is associated with many things that can impact the care we give um, and also patients. So I think, you know, what you're doing, what I'm doing in terms of stress is so important for the profession because it's not only about patients, but it's also our livelihood that's on the line when we are burnt out. So I love that. And something else that resonated with me, you said you, you saw an article and I think that is so important because I'm an advocate for healthcare professionals writing, whether it's a blog, an article, but put it out there because you never know mm-hmm. if someone like yourself will find it and it's helpful and they can identify to make a shift in their life. So that is awesome. So thank you so much for sharing your story. And I would love to know that moment when um, you felt like you had it under control and then said, okay, I'm going to apply to grad school to become a nurse practitioner. I would love to hear that time when you actually made the pivot to say, okay, I got this under control. Now I'm going to go on and um, you know get my advanced uh, NP uh, certification. Yeah. So it wasn't like an exact moment that I remember that I, you know, said I'm no longer burned out. Um, it really was kind of just that gradual change. You know, I would um, work on some personal development. I started to work on my own, you know, physical and mental health, um, started to set those boundaries. And so, you know, gradually over time, I just started feeling like myself again, because for a while I was just detached and, Mm -hmm. you know, just didn't feel like myself. And so, you know, once I kind of started to make those changes, um, then I decided to apply for grad school since that was, you know, my ultimate goal. Okay. That's awesome. Erica, did you talk to your manager about what you were experiencing? I did not. I honestly did not even talk with my coworkers. Um, I do have a really good friend that is in healthcare. And so um, we, we've kind of talked about that, but I, I really, I didn't even know, you know, how to seek help or where to turn, you know, and I, I didn't even know I was not the only one struggling with burnout. And so that's, you know, part of the reason why I started the burned out nurse practitioner was just to be that voice, you know, and just to share with others and let them know that, you know, you're not alone. You don't have to go through this alone. You know, so many people struggle with burnout. Yeah, and it's so important for our nurse leaders or healthcare leaders who are tuning in to understand that you can have, uh, you know, providers, nurses, or any healthcare professional kind of suffering in silence, right? Yeah. Like they're suffering with this. They they read an article, they identified it, but then what's happening? So so important to be dialed in and connected with you know, your um, healthcare professionals to understand what they're going through and do something about it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just yeah, really bringing awareness and, you know, just that support, you know, in whatever way, um, you know, your employees or coworkers need. Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. And was this before the pandemic or after the pandemic? Yeah, my burnout was before the pandemic. Um, And then it was kind of, you know, the pandemic was a 
really hard time for all of us. And so, um, you know, as nurse practitioners and nurses, we were burned out before the pandemic, but then a lot of things, you know, intensified um, after the pandemic. And so that's kind of when I started the burned out nurse practitioner during that time. Oh, okay. So same as, as myself, I started the stress blueprint during the pandemic as well. Uh, so needed. And and I'm so happy we're out there helping our fellow colleagues, because um, like you said, you felt like, well, you were alone, right? You only shared it with your friend, but to really uh, have a platform like this to talk about it openly and give people tools on how to have those conversations and seek support or personal development or, you know, wellness practices, I think is so, so, so important. So that's mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, what is it called? The, um, the shining light. No, it's not the shining light in the whole pandemic. The help me out, Erica. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I would say shining light, you know, just that little bit of like positivity or support or, you know, something that you can lean towards. Yes. I have to think about that word because it's right <laughs> on the tip of my tongue and I can't get it out. But anyway, I think I think it's just so good. And when the pandemic hit, I went back to uh, clinical practice to work in oncology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked through my stresses of making that decision. So I was working from home as a uh, clinical scientist doing cancer research. And I was, you know, moved to go back but my colleagues were really struggling, mm-hmm. really struggling. So to see that, um, it was disheartening because even though they were struggling, they were still showing up. Mm-hmm. Still showing up, and the support wasn't there. I think that that's what really kind of um, bothered me. And they were vocal about it. They were mm-hmm. vocal about it, but there there was no you know real support there. Um, so Erica, what would you tell um, nursing students or NP students who are launching out into this workforce of nursing? Uh, the first thing I would say is to take care of yourself. And I know there's a lot of talk, you know, about self-care and how you need to do that. But I truly, honestly, you cannot take care of anyone else unless you take care of yourself first. And it's not selfish. I mean, I know it can feel like, you know, you're taking time away from your work to implement some exercise or, you know, to have some time just to rest. And honestly, that's one thing that was big for me. You know, once I started taking care of myself, then I had more energy and, you know, overcame that burnout and then could take care of other people. Yeah. And I know like self-care is like the buzzword, right? Self-care. Everyone needs to do self-care. Self-care is not selfish. And people are like, blah, blah, blah. I can't hear any more of that. (laughs) But can you give people an idea of what that means? What is self-care? Self-care is just, you know, meeting your basic needs and just honestly, you know, taking care of yourself. And I always tell people it doesn't matter, you know, what you do. I want it to be an activity that is specific to you. So something you enjoy. So if you don't want to go run, you know, 10 miles, then don't do that, you know, find some kind of um, activity, or maybe just a way that you can relax and unwind. And, you know, just making that a priority. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. And Erica, I know you can probably relate to this and I would love, I can't wait for us to have this conversation, but, and hopefully you can, so we can have a really <laughs> uh, good conversation about it. But when I was in nursing school, I worked my tail off to get my RN, to get my NP. And I always identified myself as a nurse. I couldn't see Wendy outside of that. Can you relate to that? Yeah, I would say used that was more, you know, when I was kind of going through that burnout, um, you know, the work I have done on myself and just kind of, um, you know, working on a lot of those things. Um, I, I feel like I have different roles and sometimes you kind of, you know, need to transition, you know, to a different role. Um, like for an example, I'm a mom of two. And so sometimes, you know, I have to be mom. And when I'm at work, you know, I have to be a nurse practitioner for my patients. Um, and that's difficult, you know, especially when you're bringing a lot of that work home with you or a lot of that stress. Um, so it's something that, that takes some work. Yeah. What would you say? Yeah. I, I think that, you know, Nursing school is so tough, you know, well, it should be, right? Because we are in charge of people's lives. But there has to be this point, this pivotal point. I'm not sure when it happens, but I want people to be aware of it, where you have to kind of come out of that mindset of I made it, I am a nurse. But like you said, you have other roles. And I think when you can see yourself in those other roles, the whole self-care and taking care of yourself, you can see it a little more clear. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because even when you're in nursing school, I mean, you're at school, you're working, you're at clinical, you're working, you're home, you're working. So your life is consumed by, you know, becoming a a registered nurse or a a nurse practitioner or a DNP or or whatever you're working on. So I think it's important for us as healthcare professionals to see ourselves outside of the professional. And that can be really hard. And I believe that... Um, schools of nursing can play a role there uh, to keep it top of mind that like, how do you, or just talk about it. I think it's Mm -hmm. a a topic of conversation so people can kind of think about it as they launch into the field. Um, Have you seen any schools that have actually like implemented that or, you know, at least talked about it? Um, Not specifically. Now I work with a couple of universities um, who are investing in their nursing students. Uh, You know, UConn, University of Connecticut School of Nursing, doing an amazing job, um, you know, with their uh, nursing students and investing in them now. And, you Mm -hmm. know, as they launch out into the field, I've worked with uh, Springfield College. I worked with a couple of but I think across the board, we, we need to to really um, delve into this wellness, this stress management, this burnout, because we all know the facts, right? We know that nursing is stressful. We know that there's burnout. And that was before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I love to tell the public that. Mm-hmm. Like, we were suffering before the pandemic. The pandemic just amplified everything for us. Yes. But I think it's important, like, knowing that fact and knowing that, you know, we still have so many people who are um, still, they still want to dedicate their lives to nursing. So we have to really provide that infrastructure for them to support them through so we can retain them, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's that's so important because you know, when I first very first started my ideal of what a nurse did versus, you know, what you actually do. And like, I had wanted to, you know, make a difference in a patient's life. And I thought, you know, I'd have time to talk with them, you know, talk about some lifestyle changes, you know, just have all that extra time and energy. <laughs> and you don't like once you get out there, it is go, 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 like you barely even have time to, you know, eat something or go to the bathroom. And so, yeah, I think bringing some awareness, um, you know, initially to those students, I think that'd be super important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Erica, so, you know, you said you read an article about compassion fatigue, but how would some know, how would someone know if they are burned out? Because I think of burnout as being on the, the other extreme of stress. So I want to get to people before they get there. But how do people know they're there? They've arrived. Really, you know, just paying attention to like how you're feeling. And so, um, you know, stress is very common in our career and field. And, you know, we can have it, you know, experience it every day. But when the burnout develops, that's really when like the exhaustion comes, or, you know, just feeling numb and like, losing that empathy, you know, just not even caring, like just losing that, you know, detachment from your work, um, or even from yourself. And so I would say that's kind of the transition point. Um, and it doesn't happen overnight, you know, chronic stress and, you know, all of these, um, impacts of our work and everything can build up over time and cause that burnout. Yeah. And what's the first thing you would tell someone to do if they realize they take a minute, they pause <laughs> and and realize that they, they may be burnt out? Like, what should they do? What should be their next step? Um, I think the, yeah, the first thing is just becoming aware um, and, you know, then kind of doing some self-reflection. And so, you know, if they want to journal, if they need to talk to someone, if they just need time, like for themselves to think and just, you know, blurt out all of the emotions, all of the feelings, um, and then kind of, you know, picking up the pieces and saying, what do I need now? Like, what is it for me? Mm -hmm. Um, I've had some nurse practitioners that just need, you know, a month off from their job, just a break. So they feel like they can breathe. Um, or maybe they need to, you know, set some boundaries or ask for help or, you know, take care of themselves first and implement, you know, that, that health and wellness aspect. So it's different for every single nurse practitioner and healthcare provider. Um, so it's, it's really, you know, specific to meeting your own needs. Yeah. So understanding yourself, that self-awareness mm -hmm. and, and knowing what, what you're missing. So I love that. So Erica, tell us a little more about the burned out nurse practitioner. How do you work with nurse practitioners um, in your business? Yeah. So I have um, a blog page that talks, um, you know, a ton of articles about burnout and, you know, some ways to overcome. Um, I also have some online courses, um, one about burnout resolution. And so it kind of goes through, you know, a lot of the, the things that I did as far as, you know, setting boundaries, prioritizing time for yourself, some of those mind shift, mindset shifts um, that you kind of have to work through. 
Um, and then I also, uh, one thing I noticed specifically for nurse practitioners is that charting was a significant factor <laughs> for our burnout. And it, it has to do with, you know, not being able to get your work done during the day. And so many nurses and nurse practitioners or nurse practitioners were staying late at the office, bringing their charts home. And that really disrupted a work-life balance um, that really contributed to the burnout. So I actually also have the nurse practitioner charting school with a ton of um, time management, you know, billing and coding, smart phrases, um, just a lot of different ways that you can improve your charting so that you know, you have more time with your family or more time to implement that self-care or, you know, just to rest and, you know, just time for yourself. So that those are the different things that I offer. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I, I love that you said charting. And what comes to mind for me is this is my theory. I don't know if there's research out there. I'll actually research it when we're done here. But you know, the computer, the phone, the electronics, it's all energy. I swear it, it sucks your energy. If you're already burnt out, you're already stressed and you're sitting in front of a computer to chart, like that's mm -hmm. just taking more of your energy, you know? So th there has to be some research or something, but I, I just believe that because I've experienced that where I just feel drained just being in front of a screen. And yes. of course with uh, COVID, I mean, we're all zoomed out, right? But yeah, <laughs> it's something about being in front of a screen opposed to um, interacting with people. Like, I think it, it, it drains you. Like we are our charged beings and, and, and the, electricity from the, this is just me now, <laughs> electricity from computers and electronics, I think it does something to us physically. Oh, yeah, I agree. Because I've noticed that, you know, in my own practice, like, sometimes I am just mentally and emotionally drained. And, you know, when I'm at home and, you know, doing more activities and, you know, interacting more, I don't notice that. So um, yeah, I agree. There's something yeah. out there. Yeah, for sure. Erica, what would you tell uh, leaders out there who may be, um, you know, they may have a team of nurse practitioners, you know, in an outpatient setting or inpatient setting or, you know, doing home care, community nursing, what would you tell them? I would suggest just to ask you know, the people that are under you and, you know, just have the conversations, you know, ask if they're feeling burned out, ask them, you know, specifically what they need, you know, to help take care of themselves first. So um, that would be my suggestion. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, we always say communication, but you need to really be connected to your people to ask that question. So it's not like coming out of left field, you know, and it's genuine. So, uh, so, so, so important. No, this is awesome. Um, Erica, where can people uh, reach you if they want to um, or connect with you if they want to know more about you and the burnt out nurse practitioner and what you have going on in your world? Yeah. So my website is burnedoutnp.com. And then I'm on uh, social media. I have a Facebook group with a bunch of equally burned out nurse practitioners <laughs> there to support one another. Um, and then also on Instagram at burnedoutnp. So you can message me, um, you know, contact me through there. Yeah, no, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much 
for coming. But before I let you go, I have to do a rapid fire so we can get to know you a little more. Is that okay? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Awesome. I think I'm ready. Awesome. Well, tell me the first thing that comes to your mind to answer the question or finish the sentence. Wellness means? Taking care of yourself. I know I'm stressed when? Um, I feel overwhelmed. My go-to stress management solution is? Just taking a moment, taking a break. Um, Like, for example, over lunch, I like to just get outside and, you know, take a five-minute walk, get some fresh air. That was much longer than one word. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Two things you're grateful for today. Um, My family and my home, just where I live. If you had one wish, what would that wish be in terms of healthcare? Oh, man. Um, I I just wish we could take care of the patient. Um, It seems difficult in a lot of situations. You know, we're pushed for time having to double book patients, 15-minute appointments. There's a ton of, you know, regulations from insurance companies. You have to fill out a ton of prior auths. It just, it feels hard. It feels you know, that we don't even have the time or energy to just, you know, truly listen and care for the patient. Awesome. And lastly, what's one thing you want to leave with our audience today? I would just encourage all of you to, you know, manage that stress, to overcome the burnout, to do, you know, whatever it is that you need to do. Awesome. Well, Erica, thank you so much for being here. And we'll have to have you back. We'll have to do something together. You know, there's more power in numbers. So I love what you're doing and how you're impacting the world in our profession. So thank you so much for your service. Yes, same to you. Thank you for having me. More than welcome. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.